Yeehaw. You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. I think you just do this stuff to troll me. You know I don't like that. <laughs> Mildly. You, you know it upsets me. But you persist. He wants to get you at a certain state right when the show starts. Yeah, he wants yeah. To, that's, he does this. He does this. Yeah. He's like he's like a director. He just wants to get you know, get yeah. the mood and, and get me right into the scene of what we're doing. So fine. Um, welcome to <laughs> Real Crime. Episode one twelve. Oh, I was gonna say one oh two. I'm glad you said something. Thank you. Yeah, this is episode one twelve. Yeah. We're here. Uh, we have the lovely Mara in the studio tonight. Hello, Mara. Hello. And of course, the lovely Chris is here. And my fat ass Hello. is sitting here blocking the entire screen. What? So hard on yourself. What, what is this? I don't know. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we have a fun show scheduled yes. for this week. You guys are going to totally enjoy this. But first, the most imp- we got to make some money. We got to make some money. We got to make some money. What do we got here? So first thing we're going to mention is our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Of course, now they're number one, Sellermans. Oh, God, they are so number one. Yeah. We got to get that thing going on down there. Yeah, we talked about festival. that. Well, we got some stuff we can do this summer. We really should. We're going to have to go down there and hang out one night and just, you know, get this stuff worked out with those guys because it'll be a lot of fun because I know there's some ideas that you had uh, for doing some promos and stuff for the, for the podcast and the yep. movie sleuth in general. Uh, so we'll be there for sure, enjoying their beautiful. Hand carved from the finest woods. They're most wonderful beverages they mm. have there. If you have not been to Sellerman's, if you've not enjoyed, imbibed in the treats of Sellerman's, you are a very sad soul. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's a great may, place. May ha- something, whatever God you believe in, have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, the wonderful, wonderful Flint Institute of Arts. Yeah. God, did I well, I've been living there now for the last three months. You pitched a tent. I pitched a tent. Yeah. <laughs> pitched yeah. A tent. I pitched a you? tent in front of the yeah, Flint Institute of Arts. Now it's uh yeah. If if you haven't been there, may whatever God you believe in have mercy on your soul also. <laughs> no, totally awesome. What else we got, Chris? Um, and then of course projectorscreen.com. If you have not registered on projectorscreen.com, if you haven't visited projectorscreen.com. May whatever God you believe in. Have mercy on your soul. Thank you, Mara. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Of course. Totally awesome. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys, for uh, our wonderful sponsors. Thanks for uh, keeping the lights on here at the beautiful studio that you're yes. uh, looking at in the camera. Uh, this this plush place we uh, we get to do our work in, yeah, which I've, I've I, you know, I blew you last week or the week before about that. I'm not going to blow you again. You blew me? I Well, not it was It show. was good, though. It was both. <laughs> you blew me. It was good, though. Uh, Weird. You're a strange little man, dude. What do we got in news this week, Chris? So in news this week, Captain Marvel is continuing to just bank at the box office, but it was actually destroyed by Jordan Peele's new horror film, Us. Us. Man, you talk about a buzz machine going on. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Us is now the highest opening weekend for any domestic horror film ever. Are you kidding me? They made over $70 million. How and why? It's not, and I don't mean that in a condescending way either. It's just how and why. Because I mean, Get Out was a pretty big deal, yeah. Right? And I, you know, I just finally saw that. Really enjoyed it. Um, 
But this, I, you know, Jordan Peele is like the next man, apparently. I mean, everybody's talking about Well, you this know, guy. they keep talking the ne- next Hitchcock, the next yeah. Spielberg, the next this, the next that. My thing is, you don't need to be the next anything. Just be yourself and keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because you need to be important as yourself, as a creator and a director. Yeah. So as much as it's cool to hear them say all this stuff about him, and it's always a nice compliment to say something like that, like, I want him to be the next Jordan Peele. Right. Well, yeah, and be his own, you know, be his own director. You know, those are my favorite directors are the ones that just, when they put them, I mean, I think I we can all agree that our favorite directors are, you know, hey, a new, you know, let's just say a new Jordan Peele movie is coming out. I get excited and go, oh man, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. What's coming up next here? And, you know, when you get that kind of excite, excitement about somebody who does films like that, um, yeah, I mean, the problem I see with that, though, is, I mean, this happened to, you know, Quentin Tarantino, for example. He didn't, not every movie he did to me was The Second Coming of Christ. I mean, some more nice. Jackie Brown, which I think is a really great movie. Um, It it wasn't his best movie, though. But the hype machine behind that, it was kind of a letdown, right? Even though I go back to that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I go back to that movie and I love it. Uh, That's a I great just, one. Yeah, I yeah, really like it. Yeah, I don't want to see Jordan Peele fall into that thing where the hype machine just gets so off the hook, right? Um, that you know, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you know me. I mean, I'm and I'm terrible about that. I mean, just get out. I mean, and I'm going to get beat up for this. <laughs> I know I'm going to I'm going to just get a bunch of tomatoes thrown at me for saying this, but I like Get Out. I watched it just a couple weeks ago. Finally, mm-hmm. did it blow my mind out of the water? I enjoyed it. It was a great watch, but. The way some people talk to this, you know, talk to me about this movie, um, I was like, okay, really, what was all the hype about? I know, I'm sorry. No, and you that's guys fine. love this movie, and I like it too. I, I haven't seen it. I, 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 I'm just once again, it's all about opinion. Yeah, you know, and it's great. Have yeah. to cool. agree all the time. Great movie. You though. Can't, you know? can't really debate taste. Yeah, right. yeah, great movie. Well, but in I'm this just, case, we can. Fuck you. <laughs> well, um, but I mean, just just from the hype machine and what I was hearing from you know people in our people in our group, uh, yeah, it's not again like you guys are one hundred percent right. You know, my taste is my taste in movies does kind of suck. I guess I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Taste no. is just fine. No, it isn't. No, you just your said taste it, Chris. is your taste. Thanks, thanks for freaking putting a freaking <laughs> complex in my brain. But no, I just don't want to see him fall into that thing where you know, yeah. Bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. and then you know you don't always do great. And that, that's what happens when when you know any artist you know wants to try to reproduce what they did the last time. It's usually going to be a fail. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, the next us. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and I hate when people do that. Well, and they did yeah. that with this. You know, it's going to be as good as Get Out. Well, actually, I like Get Out better than I liked Us. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? But Us is really cool. Okay, mm-hmm. it's something I haven't seen before, and that's the one thing that horror is kind of missing is a fresh take something new and this movie does that and it makes you think and so if that's the case that that's i can see why everyone's making a big deal about it then because there is a lot of dead ends i think in horror lately well yeah i mean look at the movies that we get forced to review yeah. a lot of times so yep. yeah all right in <coughs> other news the avengers Endgame they're mm. saying is going to be three hours and two minutes long wow a lot of people are like why does it have to be so long well because bring some coffee yeah bring some coffee and it's the end of 10 11 years of build-up yeah why can't it be this really is going to be the last one well it's gonna be the last one for a while wow so so yeah why not make it into an epic yeah, make thing it 
Just huge. Get your money's worth. Get yeah, your money's totally. worth. Totally. Get your money's worth. On that note, Endgame ticket sales are starting on April 2nd. And they actually confirmed today that Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson's character, will be in Endgame. We were not sure about that, oh, cool. but she's going to be in it. So Outstanding. Yeah. So not really a lot of news this week. Other little tidbit I picked up on today, though, is they're already saying that the Oscars next year will most likely have no host. Same as this year. Really? Yeah. That they just don't want to go through all that again. So, yep. Okay. So we're going to have another hostless year of the Oscars. I don't watch them anymore, so it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I was going to say it doesn't really affect me yeah. that much. Yeah. I don't. Maybe uh, there's one year, maybe there'll be an Oscarless. Yep. <laughs> well, just sit through all that shit when you can go on social media or the next day and find everything out. Like mm-hmm. You can find out. You could probably just sit there and look at your freaking phone and just find, oh, that person won. That's all I did. I just wanted yeah. to know if a couple here or there won yeah. or not, and that was it. Well, yeah. that's so. how they used to do it in the you know olden days. Yeah. They, you would just read it in the entertainment section. Right. Yeah. The Grab newspaper. the paper. Mm-hmm. Grab the paper the next day. All right. What do we got? All right. So new releases this week. We're getting Tim Burton's Dumbo, mm. which Dana and Andrea are at tonight. So hopefully we'll have their review posted tomorrow. Godspeed, well, I ladies. Wanna, I want to know if it's as sad. Yeah, I'm sure it will oh, be. Oh, it's, it's, I can't watch it. <laughs> it's directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. It's already yeah, sad. Yeah, he's, oh. he's, a, he's a sappy man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of his shit right now. Oh, yeah, you mean both. <laughs> All right. And then uh, Harmony and Corinne's follow-up to Spring Breakers, The Beach Bum, is in Matthew McConaughey. That looks yeah. like fun. Yeah, it does. It'll be I hilarious. Know, I, I watched the trailer for him. I'm like, this, yeah, this looks like be fun. Good. It'll be good. I love Matthew McConaughey. He just he can't really do too much wrong for me. So Yeah, me neither. Probably bordering another man crush for me. That's just my thing. Though. That's really it this week, though. I think everything is kind of steering clear of the Disney you know? Yeah. Like, give it some room. It's Disney's week, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge. It's going to make a ton of money. So. All right. All righty. Suggested viewing. Suggested viewings for me, I'm going to say us because I haven't seen anything else since then. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I do think horror nerds will dig this movie. It's definitely flawed. There's some problems in it, but the score is great. All the actors are great. There's really not too much wrong with it. Yeah. So you want to see something different that kind of breaks the mold, check that out. All right. Cool. What you got, Mara? Um, I've been getting caught up with the Orville. Yeah. What? Yeah, the Orville. Okay. That's Seth MacFarlane's show that's kind of like the Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, It's really good. I wasn't expecting to like it because I'm not a Family Guy fan, really. Yeah. Um, but I had heard from some people who are, you know, next generation fans. No, check it out. If you don't like, you know, the discovery, Orville's got more of the vibe. Yeah. And it does. Cool. It really does. I mean, there's some weird things on it. Like they drink alcohol. And they, <laughs> you know, they act a little more crass and some of it is a little more uh, cynical than I think like the Roddenberry Star Trek is, but um, so it's more realistic then. Yeah, I think it is. And then it's got the humor. It's got like I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't put it in the same exact vein as as Family Guy or American Dad, but it's you know you can tell it's the same guy who wrote it. Okay. And it's got um, a lot of good uh, guests. And they got Ted Danson <laughs> as one of the admirals every now and again. Oh wow! Norm Macdonald's on the show. Uh, not a regular cast member, but he's in most of the episodes. That's cool. Um. So it's it's good. It's really good. I think I have two more episodes till I'm caught up. Yeah. But I love it. How I mean, many episodes are there? 
Um, they're on the second season. The okay. first season, I think, was like maybe 14 episodes. Okay. And I think that's they're on episode 12 or something like that, a second season. All right. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. Yeah. These are approximate numbers. All right. But um, uh-huh. if, if you like Star Trek, The Next Generation, check it out. All right. That sounds like fun. I fixed that noise from my phone. Mr. Technology Boy. Hell here. yeah. <laughs> Technology <laughs> Boy turned the furnace off with his phone. Because I rule. Because he rules. So um, Amber brought home a couple of movies this weekend that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, and I, that was on Sunday. And I needed to spend some time with our new cat we have at the house named Aww. Jenny. Yeah. So I thought this would be a good time to maybe get her to come up from the basement in her hiding because she's freaked out right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Amber brought home... <laughs> No, I'm sure a couple people saw this movie, except for my stupid ass, because I'm like the worst movie reviewer ever. And um, Amber brought home a copy of this movie called, um, this little movie called Green Book. You guys ever heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I heard about it, but I hadn't seen it yet. Um, so Amber brought this uh, Green Book home, and she's like, you know, you really should watch this. It's a good movie. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's sit down and, you know, we'll get the cat to come up here and watch a movie with us and stuff like that. And... I have to say, um, watching that film, first off, I had I have not been on the edge of my seat in a long time with a movie like that. And the way they they put you on edge, I thought was really brilliant because uh, it seemed like there was always there's all this happy stuff happening, but I'm just like, okay, there's impending danger at all corners here. Something bad's gonna happen here, and it really doesn't. And that's what made the movie nice is that, yeah, you know, oh, well, just nothing really happens. These guys just do their thing and the movie ends. But that's what made made it really, to me, very heartwarming because it was funny as fuck. There was a lot of really funny stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm doing this very vanilla, obviously, because I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it for anybody. But at the end of it, I felt good. And I, and I think that's... Something I don't give myself a chance to do that much with film. I should do it more. And I take shit from everybody for this. Like, all you do is watch sad movies and movies about that are angry and shit. And you don't watch movies that are funny and make you feel good. And this is one of those movies. I th- and I, I mean, now I know why this movie has you know received the recognition that it's received because it's a fantastic movie on all you know on all aspects. And Vigo, man, he fucking nailed it to the wall. He's always great, dude. He killed it. I couldn't, I couldn't even tell it was him. He, he was that good. I'm like, dude, I can't even tell it's him. He did so good. So, I mean, if you haven't seen that movie, which I know there's only about maybe five of you that haven't seen this movie, this is for you guys. Check out Green Book. Uh, it's out there, uh, and it's definitely worthy of the praise that it received last year. So, there you go. That's my oh, thing. Oh. I saw, She also brought home The Nun, which I guess we can do movies you don't recommend. Yeah. What a pain in the ass that movie I like that movie. Fucking, Bored the shit out of me. I heard it was bad from many people. I think you're the only person, Chris, who I've heard said liked it. Really? And yeah. I got <laughs> shitty taste in movies. Oh my god. No, it, it was. It was. I guess it's okay for a watch. I mean, it's creepy, scary. Ooh, you know. But there's you know, a lot of jump scare shit, which I'm just over. Yeah. You know, there's another. Mm-hmm. There's another way out there, people, and it isn't jump scare. I think Trevor liked the nun, didn't you, Trevor? Are you still here? <laughs> Trevor's out there in the internet. Yeah, see, he agrees. He said The Nun was great. I, see, I just, to me, it just had that like kind of 70s vibe to it still. I really like the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. I, like I like the, the lighting. I, I like the graveyard. Like, you know, some of the sets they had were really cool looking. Uh, you know, the very gothic look the movie had, too. Um, yeah. 
you know, there's there's pieces I like, but it's just I was at the end. I'm like Amber ended up getting up and like just kind of walking around the house. I don't know what she was doing. She's I'm like, where are you going? Where the she's like, I'm done. <laughs> I can't. Do it. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, it was all right. Uh, maybe I should. I always start off going, what a piece of shit, and then I rationalize it down and say well, it's not that bad. Yeah. But it wasn't. I didn't mm-hmm. like it that much. I mean, I you know James Wan's great. I love every, everything he does, but I don't know. This one just didn't really freak me out like. The other ones did. You guys suck. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So this week. What are we doing this week? Our favorite soundtracks. Well, boy, Chris, that sounds like a great idea. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Movie soundtracks. Yeah, we haven't really ever done this before, have we? No, we even. I mean, we've discussed it a little bit here and there. Well, yeah, it's part of passing, film. Yeah. But we've part. never really discussed what our favorites are. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, the baton is in your hands, Chris. I'm going to throw out my number one pick of all time right away. Okay. Because this is potentially the best movie soundtrack ever. And you guys probably saw the what? photo I posted of this earlier. I'm going to keep oh, you guys in mystery. I know me. what it is. Fuck. Lost Boys. Yep. That soundtrack. The dude with the. It's Tim good. Capello. Is it the saxophone yeah. Yeah. guy? I can yeah. watch that over in loop in loop. Amber yeah. and I have I done that. I still believe. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Amber, <laughs> when we watched that recently, Amber <laughs> fell. In, yeah. <laughs> he's coming. He's coming on tour. Oh, really? Where? Yeah. yeah he's going to be at City, City Club. Are oh, you shitting me? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to yeah. go. We're going. We're going. We're, We're totally there. Going. I got to tell Amber. She'll oh, freak yeah. out. Um, I hope he wears the chains. Uh, he better. <laughs> What's the point of going? We watched that movie recently, and Amber like dug right into that. She's like, "I gotta find out everything about him," because we saw him when we were kids. But now, yeah. when you get older well, eyes, everything's ironic to you now, uh-huh. right? And yeah, that the the real funny thing about this movie is, yeah. my brother was like really into In Excess, like when they first came out in like 1980, mm-hmm. and then we saw In Excess open for Men at Work in 1982. It, when it was Pine Knob still. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got turned on to him a little bit at that point. But then when the Lost Boys came out, they like became my favorite band. And they're still mm-hmm. my favorite band. In Excess? Till today, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Good Times, In Excess with Jimmy Barnes, it's just a fucking awesome song. Yeah. It really is. Um, there is the Lou Graham song in this movie, Lost in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Really cool huge drums in that song yeah yeah that song just it pulsates it's fucking massive sounding yeah and then there is the roger daltrey cover of don't let the sun go down on me which i mean it's roger daltrey yeah like you really can't complain much um but i really think the two probably i mean good times is awesome but people are strange the doors cover that echo and the bunny men yeah. did yeah mm-hmm it's so spot on. It sounds so good. I actually heard this on the radio again the other day during like lunchtime on like 93.9. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's well, a really good cover. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I mean, I know we've kind of gotten into this already, but when we said soundtracks, I mean, I know what soundtracks are. Um, so we're just talking about soundtracks tonight, not scores. Not scores. Right. Fuck. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. No, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a ton of them. Um, but perhaps I think the one that has been covered from this movie the most in you would probably agree cry little sister yeah. the yeah, oh man song oh my god it's so many people song. have covered this song yeah Marilyn Manson just did it right yeah yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there. If you go on YouTube, there's just like hundreds of covers. It's of a this road song. trip song. Yeah. Amber will always put that song on on a road trip when she's DJing in the passenger seat. <laughs> that awesome. song always pops up. You know, this is one of those soundtracks that a lot of the scenes are interjected and cut to the songs. Like mm-hmm. scenes pick mm-hmm. up right at the beginning of a song. It's like hyper edited to these songs, and the songs really fit with the scenes yeah. that it are does. going on. I, I, when you talk about that movie in the soundtrack, I really think about the People Are Strange scene, the very beginning of the movie, and they're yeah. just showing the, the whole city and like yeah. what it's like there, and it's like, it fits. And what's really funny about this is, I didn't really think about that before tonight, but Us is filmed in Santa Cruz. It's filmed on the exact same boardwalk that is The Lost really? Boys is wow, filmed on. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. I was watching the movie, I'm like, that's from Lost Boys. That's got to be. No a, that's got to be a tip like, of the I know hat this somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, this is one of those soundtracks for me that I just always fall back to. It mm-hmm. kind of like defines like where I went with music. Mm-hmm. Like this totally turned me away from like being into like the really poppy stuff yeah. at the time. This is what kind of got me into listening. In excess and Echo and the Bunny Men mm-hmm. and getting more into the alternative rock stuff. Yeah. This soundtrack is like it just it's defined by that. Cool. And it defines an era. Yeah. Too. It does, so, totally. Yeah. So very gothic movie. Yeah. And the soundtrack. Great flick. Fits. Totally Dude, great flick, man. This is one of the best vampire movies. Yeah, that movie's ever. Oh, it shit. sure is. That's movie like one rules. of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie. I don't even know why I was probably very young and that just kind of like it 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 solidified my aesthetic, like in my taste. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, "This is what I, I love horror now." <laughs> like I must have been like four or five. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mara, what about you? Yeah, it came okay. out in eighty seven. Well, this, this is, movie came out in eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. Then I was probably very young. I won't give exact age. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I'm well. I'm gonna age myself here because I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step a few years into the future and go with kind of something similar and in, in terms of dark and kind of uh, getting me into different types of music. And that's going to that's the crow. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. that's a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, now that movie is like the quintessential kind of like MTV movie. Where you got all these big names, uh, Nine Inch Nails and Rage Against Machine, Stone Temple Pilots, and these songs are just like like dropped into these like little you know vignettes and montages in the movies, and they just it, it fits the whole look of the movie, the dark, oh, totally. the yeah. dark yeah. look and the dark sound. It's like the I think that my favorite part's probably um or the cover of Dead Souls by Nine Inch Nails, which I like better than the Joy Division version. It it drives a little bit more. It's it's heavier, and I, I like yeah. that better. But he's like running and jumping through, uh, jumping across the different uh, mm-hmm. rooftops, and it just it's so cool. The, that that movie is there's problems with it, but I mean to just sit there and just like in, enjoy it as far as how it looks and the music and the kind of like I guess like the poignant like poetry of the fact that it's Brandon Lee's last movie too and he he died on it it's in a lot of the songs kind of fit yeah with the themes mm-hmm. of the entire thing yeah dead souls we used to cover that in one of my bands oh really yeah yeah yep. that's cool 
when I was in that Project Balance band. Oh yeah, yeah. great. That was a great band. Yeah, it was fun. I played drums in that band. The band rule. Playing that. I love, I love watching you guys play. Yeah, that? Those, yeah. Were, those were good days. Those are. Yeah. I and when, that you band. know when I first saw this movie and got the soundtrack, that was when I was first getting into Nine Inch Nails. I had just heard, like, first started getting into the grunge stuff that was coming out, like Stone Temple Pilots, and Rollins Band is on there, too. I yeah, didn't, I didn't know who what? Henry Rollins was until then, and I didn't know that... Uh, is that Dead Ghost Rider? Is it Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. song. That's fuck. awesome. That's one of my favorite Rollins songs. And I mean, I have everything the Rollins Band ever recorded. Yeah. And ironically enough, the soundtrack song, yeah, Ghost Rider, it's one riff. Bum, bum, mm-hmm. bang, bum, bum, bang. It's, that's like, a, that's it's like nine minutes song. long, yeah, too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. read. and it's a, ba- yeah, I love him on that song. Yeah. Oh, yeah and and right. the other cool thing about the sound, this soundtrack is, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of these songs, it's the only place you can get these tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think Milk Toast by Helmet was on one of their albums. Was it, on, it may okay. have been on uh, Betty. I think it was on Betty. Yeah. That's that song's awesome too that's the riff yeah the whole mood of this whole album this just talk about defining like a point in my life and it's just yeah see that we had i when i think of the crow soundtrack the bar i worked at in pampa lanes chris um you (laughs) you were there a handful of times we had the crow soundtrack yeah we're going way back they had the crow soundtrack in the jukebox and the thing never got changed i don't know Mm. why so that thing just sat in there and on the slow nights, I'd go there and I'd pop up the Crow soundtrack, and I'd usually queue up the Rollins Band song, mm-hmm. uh, Ghost Rider, and I'd queue up friggin' the Helmet tune, uh, Milk Toast. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd always play those songs on the weekends, and people are like, "That fucking song rule." I'm like, "Yeah, they've been." Yeah. They're gonna, they, well, they're not going anywhere. Apparently, they're going to change out the jukebox. Uh, they, yeah, that Rollins Band tune it literally is one of my all-time favorite Rollins Band songs, and it's such a simple tune. Yeah. It's a great song, heavy as hell, dude. Holy crap! Good pick. Hell of a pick. Uh, that's yeah. Yeah. That's now what... I'm going like, hmm. Shit. Well, yeah. I got I got a doozy for you guys. All right. Now I don't Ooh. know. You may you may not remember this one. I know Chris is gonna remember it. Really shit movie. To be honest with you, it never ends up on any of our stuff at all. However, the soundtrack was fucking rad, and it was the Judgment Night soundtrack. Oh yeah. Now dude. and now, as far as the '90s were concerned, again, yeah, this was another one of those perfect rep- representations of how music was changing, and rock music, and and hip hop, or rap, or whatever stuff was changing, well, or to- alternative music, whatever you want to call the it. The Judgment Night soundtrack. Damn you is what kind of kick started the whole all that new metal shit in yeah. hip hop in yeah. hip hop mm. rock shit. Yeah. I mean you had like, you know, Run DMC, Aerosmith did that weird collaboration, which was a great song. Uh well, it was Walk This Way. They just kind of retooled it. And then you had Anthrax who worked with Public Enemy also before that. Uh, and did bring the noise. Mm-hmm. So you had bands that were trying to like you had the, you know, heavy metal or rock music kind of Doing this weird thing, which was unheard of at the time, like um, you know, rock and metal is kind of fusing, which was kind of this weird idea, which I always found kind of ironic. Not to go too far into nerdland, but I've watched a handful of documentaries, like on you know New York rap, like the old guys, like you know Run DMC, Sugar Hill Gang, people like that, especially Run DMC, uh, and they said they basically were rock fans. Mm-hmm. They liked rock music. And when you listen to a lot of their songs, you hear they would just loop a really cool guitar lick, yeah, right? Yeah. And what they were saying was like, we liked that riff so much, we just wanted to use that as the song. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's why they would just they liked those you know they, they used jazz and blues they used all kinds of stuff but the idea was they would just loop out these really great riffs which included a lot of rock bands which kind of is what led them to the Aerosmith you know Run DMC but Judgment Night yeah this was like the fucking idea on steroids um, I should have wrote down I mean you had Slayer and Sir Mix a lot Helmet and House of Pain great Teenage song. Fan Club with De La Soul. Living Color with Run DMC, Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, which was weird. awesome. Yeah, weird. Biohazard and Onyx. That was a cool tune. That was really cool. Faith No More with the Booyah Tribe. That was, was it Faith? It was Faith No More and the Booyah the Tribe. Booyah Tribe. That's my, my, my favorite song on there. That song Slayer, rips. Slayer with Ice-T yep. in Mud, <laughs> Mud, Mud Honey. Honey with Sir Mix-a-Lot. Was it, yeah. I thought it was, you said Slayer and Ice-T. Yeah. Okay, I screwed that up. I thought it was Slayer and Sir Mix a lot. This reminds me. I didn't know about this. Yeah. But it sounds familiar. It's a um, it's a really wicked soundtrack. They they did something kind of similar with the Spawn soundtrack, if you guys remember. They no. Did like it was like metal bands and like electronic uh, or yeah. like techno people. Okay. And they did. I don't can't remember any of the mix um, mashups they did, but this soundtrack though for um. For Judgment Night, it was one that my friend had the cassette of. <laughs> Shows you how long ago this was, and we usually just bump that sucker in our car because <laughs> you know I, I I saw the light a lot quicker, like pretty quick after that, and I just kind of went back to my old you know archaic ways of just listening to Black Sabbath all the time. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but this soundtrack was something really cool. It was something different. Yeah, and even if you didn't like it, you had to appreciate the fact that these all these people got together. And this wasn't like it was all... These guys had the right together. They had to get this stuff figured out, right? Uh, and for these guys to collaborate from such different backgrounds, I think, you know, the the soundtrack to me, and I think a lot of people will agree with me on this, that the soundtrack really overshadows the movie. Because I've never heard anybody say, man, what a great fucking movie, Judgment Night. They always yeah. say, the soundtrack was really wicked. <laughs> the soundtrack was great. So this is one of those cases of the soundtrack really, to me, being better than the film itself. Do they use the songs like good in the movie at least, or is it kind of no, one of those things where you don't even notice I think it? I watched the movie one time and I'm like, oh, I'm done. I mean, I love Dennis yeah. Leary; he's great, but just yeah, I guess they made it work. I don't know. It's just it wasn't that good of a movie. I, I and I shouldn't sound so shallow and, it and pissy, was, but it just wasn't my. Okay, thing. I remember what movie this is. It now. was very typical for the '90s. I didn't see it, but I I know it. I know. Yeah, it. it's a like lot Amelia of fire. Estevez and them, and they're like on the a lot of fire in the, in the yeah. yeah, it's uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to be so shitty, but it's like the soundtrack where, I mean, we're that's what but, we're talking about, but it was just a way better soundtrack. Yeah, but the happens. soundtrack was promoted better than the movie was. Oh, everybody went out and bought it. it. Market, yeah. Everybody went out and bought it. They, had, you know, in the 90s, they did that, though. Yeah. Yeah. They would sell the, the soundtrack but separate from the movie. or Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it was something you could go and buy the sound you know, the soundtrack for whatever. I think you st- they still do that, don't they? I don't know. I mean... I buy music all the time, but I don't buy soundtracks yeah. barely ever. I bought the Star is Born soundtrack. How was that? That's it's, different, though. It's really good. Yeah. But that's and a, it's, and and that's it's a Lady, soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, it's a soundtrack. It's like all Lady Gaga and Matthew McConaughey singing. Okay. It, it's not Matthew McConaughey. Oh, my God. I'm Cooper, Bradley Cooper. Bradley the Cooper. other hot guy. I'm so stupid. The other hot guy. The other yeah. shirtless hot guy. And the other shirtless <laughs> hot guy. So is that yeah. your next pick? No. Well, what's your next pick, then? Bitch. I got another one that's Yo. like a fucking chart topper here. All right, go ahead. Singles. Oh, Ugh. forgot about that one, but that's a good one. Holy shit. Explain. I, sing, you, did you, you ever see singles? 
probably. Okay, Seattle in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dude, in the yeah. soundtrack is Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell, Paul Westerberg, The Lovemongers, Mother Love Bone. Uh, Soundgarden and more per, more per, more Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the cream of the crop. Yeah, for that time. Yeah, and all the songs are just like they were all for this album. You know, they're all recorded for this album. Other than I think Wood. Uh, oh no, I guess all of them weren't. But either way, yeah, this is just one of those defining albums, kind of time capsule of the whole grunge era. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. And you watch that movie, and you're just. It's about it takes you back. Yeah. The flannel yeah. is all over the place on that one. Flannel. We need more flannel. Give it some more flannel. More flannel. Butt stock and flannel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, singles. singles is another one of those that literally from the beginning of the movie to the end, the music is awesome. Mm-hmm. I had this one on CD right away. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Yeah. It's just great. So all right. another one of those that just. It takes you back. It takes t- you like back. You said, it's a time capsule. Yeah. Nostalgia. I, well, you know, and that's you know, that's what I think. I think that's cool about soundtracks like that too, especially for, you know, like you're saying, a film from our from our youth. Um, and I guess at this point in our lives, Chris, the '90s were the most impressionable era. I guess. I mean, that's where a lot of really important stuff happened when it came to music. I guess maybe not for me personally, but I know globally. Um, there was some stuff written in the 90s that just sticks with people. Um, we play this game on certain radio stations here where we live. Uh, Amber and I make this, we, we always make the joke. We're like, all they do is play fucking crappy 90s rock and Van Halen. And there's, <laughs> and if you go to most rock stations, yeah, that's what they do. And I'm like, well, there's got to be a reason for that. They have to take some type of poll and find out what people want to hear. Right. And I think people in that, in our, and it's in our age, Chris, and our demographic, our age demographic, that uh, that want to hear this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, but <laughs> but I mean, I do though. I'm not in the majority because, like, I'm in my mid 40s, and I don't like most of the new new. I can't talk today. Most of the new music that comes out right yeah. now, this shit, I want to be transported back, and I want to listen to the stuff I liked when I was younger. It was very original music. Yeah. Nothing, and I'll yeah. say that too. I mean, even being like you know the whatever you know trash death shit that I listen to, whatever you want to call it, uh, I will never forget hearing the first Pearl Jam album for the first time. Yeah, um, I never heard anything like that, and I, it's one of the most sad. It's a very emotional album. I mean, those guys obviously put a lot of time into that. Uh, and I never heard music like that. I mean, I heard, I've heard music like that before, but just not like that. It was heavy. It was a really heavy album. It wasn't metal, but it was heavy. But it was heavy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that album still, I still go back to that album every once in a while. I love that record. Now talking about Pearl Jam and I won't take too much time on this, but when I was a senior in high school, we were going to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the state theater. Yeah. Downtown Detroit. Mm -hmm. And the two opening bands. Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, my God. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Pearl Jam was the opener, Smashing Pumpkins, and the Chili Peppers. Imagine that show today. Like, it would just be at, like, the arena, and you'd be spending- Yeah. And I sat Too much money, and you'd be in nosebleeds. I stood in the lobby and talked to Chad Smith for, like, a half hour. That's awesome. Because he just came out, because nobody knew who he was. Yeah. Well, he's from Detroit, too, so he was, you know- Hometown guy. Yeah, my cousin is actually friends with them. It's so. funny you have those shows. We saw uh, Ministry and Helmet 
with Sepultura. At I the remember State Fairgrounds. that. Yeah, I remember oh that. And I forgot it was like '94 or something like that. Wow. But you know, I mean. And that was heavy, man. That fucking ministry. And I'm not the hugest ministry fan, but watching those guys live, like that wall of noise coming at you. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. These guys are fucking awesome. Uh, but with Helmet. Yeah. I mean, too, for the time, like you couldn't really touch it. I mean, they were still newer band. I mean, ministry yeah. was around, but they were picking up their steam. They were mm-hmm. The sound was mm-hmm. changing, all that stuff. Uh, they were getting their, getting their gallop. Helmet was getting their gallop. Sepultura was... You know, kind of changing. Right, it was right. a lot of stuff was happening, right? right? Um, but yeah, I mean, same thing with a show like that. If they, if you would put those three bands together right now, um, it would be massive. It'd yeah. be huge. Maybe not as big as what you're talking about. Well, I saw Helmet um, two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> they played the Magic Bag. Yeah, you know, four hundred yeah. people. Yeah, and you talk about could, loud assholes and elbow. You probably couldn't oh, even move in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four hundred yeah. people in a magic bag is jammed. Helmet's yeah. one of those bands that's like you, you, you know them, you, you know them, but they're they're kind of obscure as far as like that type of music. Well, they goes. were a unique. You know, the thing about Helmet, we always, you know, I'm, we're going down this rabbit hole of just music. But speaking as a, you know, we're both metal people, right? Mm-hmm. We're part of that community. And when seeing that happen when I was a kid, we heard Helmet. My buddy Dave got a copy of Meantime. He's like, you got to fucking hear oh, this. Yeah. It's heavy, dude. I'm like, all right. And slapping in. And I'm like, damn, this is awesome. Yeah. This is different. Mm-hmm. It's more mechanical sounding yeah. and industrial, but it's real sounding. Because that was always my, my my problem with industrial music to a certain degree was it always sounded too mechanical and too synthetic for me. I wanted stuff to sound more organic. And I heard Helmet and I'm like, wow, this is like that mechanical nature, but very organic. There's instruments being played here. Um, and then I saw him, the band. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, I don't, they did not, and this is the narrow-mindedness of the metalhead that still lives in this strong today. Yes. Um, <laughs> these guys don't look how they sound. I, they have short hair, don't they? They had short, short hair. hair. Yeah. Which was yeah. a really ridiculous Shorts. thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what but I always dude, noticed, yeah. too. I was like, when they we have saw, short hair. We saw Helmet at the Phoenix Amphitheater, which is another historic yeah. place here. Yep. Um, the, the barrier, there. they brought the barrier down. People were going so ape shit for Helmet, huh. they brought the damn barrier down. They had to stop playing. Paige was on the side of the stage smoking a cigarette going, can we play? What's going to, you know, and, and the bass player came down, and I got a good look at him. He was wearing literally polo shorts, nice polo shorts, with a matching shirt, like a matching yeah, shirt. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the same, <laughs> but it, I'm like, you're looking like you're getting ready to go golf. Yeah. This is not a fucking metal band, but they uh, were. Yeah. Before we get off helmet, I just got to say John Stainer is one of the best drummers of you all. You think time. so? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Helmet really another quintessential 90s band. I mean, yep. they really changed the game to a certain degree. Like I said, even aesthetically, like just how Right. We, they changed everything. All of a sudden like everybody's cutting their hair off. I saw it. Like everybody's cutting their hair off. And you know, I can play metal and mm-hmm. have short hair too, and I'm like okay. It's weird. <laughs> Still a great right. band. Great band. Sorry, we All right, that, Mara. We into the weeds. All it's right. all you, Mara. All it's right. all you, Mara. I'm, I'm, taking, Save us. I'm taking us out of heavy metal 80s, 90s right, world. Right, great, good. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite movies of all time, directed by my favorite filmmaker of all time, Pink Flamingos. Oh, my God. That's an, his probably... Now, he's really good at soundtracks, but that's probably his best soundtrack just because of the way that he uses the songs. I mean, first of all, they're great songs. He's got Link Ray on there. Um, uh, 
and uh, what's his name, Little Richard. So mm-hmm. it's like this really good <clears throat> old old style rock and roll. Bill, Bill Haley's on there too, mm-hmm. but the way he uses nice. it, the way he uses it, like for example, he uses "I'm not a juvenile delinquent," where Divine's like is stealing a steak. Yeah, um, he uses the the. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to blow Pink anything. Flamingos. Yeah, watch out. Yeah, I don't want to blow anything, watch but the, the use of the of the song Surfing Bird, you might never oh be God. the same ever again. Oh, my God. You're bringing it all back, Mara. Stop. How much is that doggy in the window? Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. you're not a fan? Oh, I know. I, I, I don't know what I am with that movie. It's hard. It's... <laughs> It is like there are some scenes that I'm like, why did you? Why? Fuck, man. Divine's why? been dead for a long why? time. Yeah. Um, you know, I did. I actually just read. I was on. I was on the Wikipedia page for Divine recently, and I. Yeah. 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 Fuck the hell of a pick! Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Just speaking of bringing back memories. Ooh. Great. I mean, John, like I said, John Waters is so good at doing soundtracks yeah. too. Like all of his movies have great soundtracks, and even um, Cecil B. Demented, he did all independent i think local to baltimore rap groups that he had mm-hmm. just been a fan of because he yeah. really started getting in getting into rap at that time so he's always doing something unique like that and uh for pink flamingos i think he just kind of like went through his 45 collection and just yeah picked out stuff and it's a yeah. true soundtrack yeah yeah but just you know and that's what you know you, you get into these movies and you have a director or a person who's writing the film, and you hear that a lot. Like, you know, I just hear this song. Mm-hmm. I just hear this song being played in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, you know, true soundtracks kind of fall into that. Yeah. Where a, a, a filmmaker will say, well, I just hear this music here. Or I, I hear this lyric being sang right here. Uh-huh. So you can, how you add the stuff in. He's a big music fan. So I think that a lot of the songs inspire, you know, he hears the song and then he's, you know, mm-hmm. can kind kind of comes up with the scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember where I was going with that. I feel flamingos. like I had something else to say too, but I can't remember. Darn we'll give you all the time you darn need, it, Darn it, darn it. If I time up Pink Flamingos here. We got we to finish this one out. Uh, I feel like there's one more thing I had to say, but I don't remember. So just forget it for now. <laughs> well, if, if you I come think back it, to it, I'll just, think, just if blur I, it out. Yeah, it's cool. I'll scream it out if I think of it. Scream it out. All right. Here's one I want to throw out there. And it, it, it's another weird pick for me because I don't really like this movie at all. However, a couple of songs on this soundtrack just have just kind of hooked their way into my brain. Yeah. And it's the soundtrack for a Serbian film. I know. Strangeness. But if you watch some of the <laughs> one of the artists, uh, Wickless Sky. Is one of the art. It's like it's electronic music, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like that fucking crazy dubstep shit that I don't normally like. That you know, just that wah, 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 that evil shit. Yeah. But if you've seen a Serbian film, which I, if you've seen it, well, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and you know what? Yeah. There's there's some people that are like, and, and I, you know, what? okay, just in in argument for the Ser- for a Serbian film, I think it's a really well made movie. I think it's a very well done movie. It's just fucked up beyond all belief, and it's sometimes it's just it's just hard to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, however, the soundtrack really to me works. 
or a lot of the songs on the soundtrack work. They're evil sounding. Yeah. It's an evil. It kind of drives it home. It's an evil movie. And the way, you know, how the movie looks, it's very sharp looking. You know, it's very dark looking. And then you have this shit in the background that Wickless Guy wrote. Um, and I can't even, I, I don't have song titles. I don't have shit. It's just when I was writing down ideas for this thing, I'm like, you know, impressions I've had from movies. This is one of those soundtracks that I remember hearing, and I was like, "God damn!" That just it it just all makes sense. It all it, it fits right in with the with the mood and narrative. It's a puzzle piece yeah. for the rest yeah. of the film. Um, you know, and it's fucked up beyond all belief. It's just it it really makes <laughs> I, that. Ugh. I saw some guy in a Facebook group last week. They were talking about disturbing horror films, and this guy's like, "Well, I watched a Serbian film. I didn't think it was that bad." Well, then you got a fucking problem, dude. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't think that movie is like the peak of disturbing cinema there's something wrong because that movie is a hard watch i own it i've seen it like five times yeah but it's it's just one of those that... some guy was trying to sell me a copy of it at uh the, the horror convention i was motor city nightmares a couple of years ago yeah um and i was just going through you know movies and stuff there and i saw him like oh and amber was standing there, like oh shit a serbian film and, he, and he's like oh you want to buy a copy i'm like no i don't he's like no. oh come on man once you get past that certain thing it's not that big of a deal i'm like it's just- no i i'm not doing it i i, I, I i'll say it, it's not it's a very well done movie i think there's some great comedy in the movie too there's a lot of shit in that movie that i loved yeah mm-hmm. it just it fucked me up like what, what the guy i watched that movie with a friend of mine, he's a full-blown sociopath. I mean, that's all I'm going to say about this guy. He's a fucking sociopath. Love the guy to death, but I don't trust him that much either, right? It's a weird right, relationship right, right. I have. We watched this movie together, and this guy, who's fucking, he, nothing bothers him. He's nuts. He looks at me, he's like, dude, like that really scarred me, I think. Like, I really don't feel right. And I'm like, Damn. I, I got to go home. You know, the you, point is, you've I, seen this. No, right? I haven't. I, I saw never... the trailer and I was like, I no, don't know if I want to watch that. It's, yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like a. I, I, I mean, I don't need to be, you know, coddled by my movies, but there are certain things I just, it just, it's, I won't go out of painful. my way for. But I, <laughs> but I, but I, but I wanted to note that I don't know why, but I put it down because that soundtrack, for some reason, those songs just really just made it work as far as. If you see the movie and then you hear the music, you're like, yeah, that that fits right like a glove. Right, right. So, but fuck that movie regardless. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck that movie. So we so we covered Pink Flamingos, and then we moved to, to a Serbian Give film. us a happy movie, Chris. Yeah, we, need, we need something to get <laughs> well, us. Well, Pink Flamingos is fun. The well, next one I'm going to throw yeah. out there is not a happy movie at all. It's not. Not at all. Okay. But this is another one of those that is a defining moment. In one person's musical career and probably one of the best movies of the eighties. Okay. And that is going to be Purple Rain, motherfucker. Oh. Dude. Unfuck with Wow. Yeah. 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 You cannot go wrong with this movie. Every song. Yeah. Amazing. Every single song. It all fits into the context of the film. Yeah. And we know, I mean, this is based on Prince's true life story, mm-hmm. obviously. But the live performances in this movie. Just intense. It's Unbelievable. So yeah. intense. Yeah, intense. Um, and the music, it, it just goes without saying, the music there is just absolutely brilliant. And that's coming from a person who's not a huge Prince fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Prince fan. Uh, but that's even 
that I have. I own that soundtrack. I got a copy of that, and I'll listen yeah. to it. It's that fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, every song in this movie, including the songs by Morris Day in the time, of course, they yeah. were all hits. Just, I mean, I can go on for an hour just about the movie itself. I know mm. that's a great movie. But yeah, everything. It's just like with the Lost Boys, like the the scenes they hit at the beginning of the songs, you know, when they're on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. things like that. It yeah. just flows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's pure greatness. Yeah. And another movie that just kind of captures the 80s in a time capsule, mm-hmm. but also kind of captures Prince at his peak. His peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though his he got even bigger after this, um, I think this was like the central focus of yeah. most of his career oh yeah oh man yeah. what, a, what a pick yeah. really really that is a fantastic <laughs> yeah that's a great pick man great pick yeah okay hey how are you gonna beat that mother- you gonna beat that motherfucker um, yeah Mara. the performance of purple rain in purple rain it's it, sick yeah yeah. It is. That's it's very memorable. Very memorable. It just and that just bores its way into your skull. Also, you can't get. It just I can hear it all right. I can't now. too. All, I I'm like watching the movie in my head yeah, right now. It's all as, there as we're talking about it because yeah. it just doesn't leave. I want to see. I I want to watch it so I bad tonight now. In damn it, you know the fact that he was never really given. Uh, uh he people didn't realize what a great guitarist he was. Yeah. One of the best of all I know. All it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah. I didn't realize that until after he died that people didn't know because I was like, wait, what? I See, thought, I've always, thought we all loved him. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I think he was more recognized as a songwriter and not, you know, a true, you know, virtuoso on a guitar. He, and he really he was. was. Yeah. One of the yeah. jokes I heard, I mean, it's not really in his favor, but it. I think in my opinion, it you know, it, it does put him where he belongs. I watched an interview with Lemmy from Motorhead. And they asked him, like, hey, you ever see Prince? He's like, yeah, I already saw Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, which, yeah, yeah it's, kind of a, it's kind of a stab at, at Prince. However, I already saw Jimi Hendrix. To me, that's also kind of a tip of the hat, too. Like, you're that fucking good. Yeah. You're oh, that good. He's like, he was definitely Jimi Hendrix that good. And, and James Brown put together. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. He had the soul and the swagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. More chops, more chops. Right, he could play. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. He could play and yeah. such a great pop songwriter. Damn, yeah. dude, he yeah. could write anything. Oh my goodness, kissed yeah. that song, kissed. And you know, again, I'm a novice when it comes to Prince. There's people that got they're Prince experts. Yeah. I'm not, but I remember hearing that song, Kiss, the first time, which is after Purple Rain, mm-hmm. later right. in his career. But and I remember the first time hearing it, laughing my ass off. So I thought he was just trolling, like being a fucking right, asshole. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> And I think in a certain way, you know, because he was always trying, you know, trying to reinvent himself, mm-hmm. try different ideas. And I heard that song and I, again, I started cracking up I'm like, oh my God, he's just fucking doing jokes now. He's writing joke songs. And then I listened to it some more and more. And I'm like, damn, this is a fucking really good song. Yeah. I know he's doing a different voice, you know, and even then I'm like, I, mean, I still can, you know, <laughs> make fun of it. But at, at the same time, I'm like, damn, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's so good. So yeah, man, yep. even as a novice, I love that guy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What what a pick, Chris. I think you can just go home now. Oh, you are home. Oh, I am home. Sorry. Take a break, Chris. I'll <laughs> take a break. <laughs> All right, Mara, your turn. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it happy now. Okay. Uh rock and roll high school. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Dude. yeah. Where am I my list sucks. I'm terrible. <laughs> no. Dude, oh my god. I mean, 
Ramones. The Ramones. Ramones got most of it, but that's then all you we got to say. It's the Ramones, man. But like, just like so many other awesome songs, like "Come Back, Johnny" by Devo. Oh yeah, yeah. That's oh, God, pro- I love dude. Devo, and that's probably one of my favorite Devo songs. Wow. You got Alice Cooper, "Schools Out." Yeah. Smoking in the boys' room, which is T Rex. Like, nope, that one's State Brownsville Station does that one. Oh, it's that, I thought T Rex wrote that originally, though, didn't he? I don't know. I can be wrong. Smoking in the boys' room. Yes. Yeah. Was it T Rex who wrote? Yes. It? So, but Brownsville Station played it out. They, yes. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's cool. Um, no, go. I didn't know. Go. I'm, I'm well, I didn't mean stupid. to fuck you up. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, I didn't mean to do that. I'll, um, I'll be quiet. I know Motley Crue did it too, didn't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. As covered in the dirt. Oh, the, the, oh no, boy. Later. You don't get late, me. Yeah, <laughs> later. 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 Um. Yeah, and that movie is an interesting movie because it's almost like a musical because Luz, because almost every single. Uh, Ramon's song is, is like diegetic. It's like in the scene. Like yeah. she's waiting in line to get tickets, and the Ramones just like roll up at, at a, in a convertible playing a song. It's like awesome. it's ridiculous. That movie is. Oh, it's so over a the top. Riot. It's so over the top. And they could not make that movie today. It would. No. It's no. But that ending would not fly. It's the Ramones. But yeah. It's it's cool. It's the Ramones. Uh, that's just my personal taste. It's the Ramones. I know. It's really cool. There's like no other movie that like that. There's no other no, movie really where isn't. it's like there's a rock band and right. it's the center of the movie. And it's like essentially it's about the biggest Ramones fan and yeah. her goal. PJ, of, Se- was it PJ Sellers? Was PJ it? Souls. Sellers. PJ Souls. Yeah. What the hell is PJ Sellers? Anyways, PJ Souls. Who's just awesome. I just love her. Probably her biggest role. She didn't really do too much other than that. She did that and then she was in, she was in Halloween. She was in House of a Thousand Corpses. Also. That's right. Was she? She was uh, in the opening, one of the opening scenes with, with Sid Haig where they're having sex. It's a dream that Sid Haig's playing. Yeah. And that's PJ Souls. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie maybe twice. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember that. But yeah, fucking rock and roll high school. I just watched it a couple of years ago. I just yeah. sat there bobbing. Just... I just rewatched it a couple of weeks ago. Such a great flick, dude. What? Do your parents know your Ramones? Yeah. Fucking great line, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the Ramones. I mean, it, just, it, it captured the Ramones, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't, thankfully, they, they didn't bullshit those guys up. It was no. the Ramones. Yeah. You know, the hair was there. Johnny was pissed off, looking like he always was. Oh, yeah, he the, was so pissed off that whole movie. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah for the, I he kind of cracks a smile a little bit towards the end. There was some stories about that, of course. I mean, I've watched a million <clears throat> documentaries, and there was always mm-hmm. some, you know, like, really, guys, we got to fucking do this shit. Yeah. You know, because, um, you know, you think for a band is big, you know, um, for a band that's had a movie made around them, mm-hmm. they'd have been a bigger band. But, you know, if you really go into the history of the Ramones, you know, they hit the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, this is where we're going to finally get our big payoff. And it just never really happened for yeah. those guys. That, I mean, now, of course, where we're sitting right now, if you mention the Ramones in a lot of circles, people freak the fuck they're out. They're legendary now. But, you know, but, you know, pretty much the whole band, you know, Tommy's gone. Of course, Joey's gone. Johnny's gone. Mm-hmm. Dee has gone. That that core's gone. The only guys that are really left is Marky Ramone and uh, uh, Richie Ramone. Yeah. Um, you know, which we met Marky. And Marky wasn't mm. one of the originals. He wasn't one of the originals, but he yeah. was still a really, he had that. He was in the band for a really long time. Yeah, though, he was. He, he was. Um, you know, and he kind of came in not as a replacement for Tommy. Tommy just stepped back and still produced him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But Marky had, he knew the beat. He, he, he shown how to do the Ramones beat. Yeah. Which is one of my, if not my all-time favorite drum, just that beautiful drum pattern. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, those guys are all gone now, and now everybody just completely freaks out about the Ramones. And that movie really, to me, it, you know, it was written around them, and I could watch that. I, I gotta watch that when I go home now. Yeah, you should. God, it's fun. so fun. That movie just like Amazing. like flies by. It feels like it's five minutes long. Yeah, it's so. It's just yeah. It's so funny too. It's just like it's ridiculous. Uh, what's his name there? Uh, Clint Howard's mm-hmm. character. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. I want it was be, about I want rebe- to be Riff Randall. Like <laughs> it was a, it was a, you know, and it was a rebellious film. It was about rebellion. It was about, mm-hmm. you know, it was about that idea, like you know, fuck school and right. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Which, um, yeah, you're right. That would have never flown today. Yeah. Do you remember how it ends? Oh, well, they're playing and they're playing outside the school. Well, they end. They, they end up blowing the school up. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the girl like makes an explosive. Like she yeah, has yeah. Sort she of, like, blows the school she's up. She's got yeah, her right. like nerdy friend, and her nerdy friend goes in the lab and so attacks f- a bomb. Yeah. And... yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all coming back now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they never do that. You got to remember that shit. My memory's shot. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember anything anymore. No. Yeah. They do blow up the school. Yeah. But yeah, just, my 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 impression. What I think about that movie is just them playing outside the school. Yeah, well, and, I, and everybody's flipping their shit, mm-hmm. and the, and the principals and they're they're all pissed off mm-hmm. and they're all you know again your parents now you're out. I mean that whole thing. <laughs> all right, know, Cartman. It's so funny. It's just beautiful. Yeah, that's just such a great man. What a cool, what a cool. And clip. then they made the sequel, but I never saw it. No, no, I'm not. Corey gonna, Feldman's in it. That's all I know. Not gonna do it. Probably. Not. That's horrible. That's really too bad. Not gonna do it. All right, I'm gonna throw one out here that. Um, I may be stomping on somebody's thunder with this one, uh, but it has to be said, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Genius. Bought that one, too. Oh, yeah. Bought that one, too. So many cool songs on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Quentin Tarantino, I think, is really, he's always scored, you know, he's done, he's had different things happen with his films. I know, uh, what's his name? Uh, ah, who's he worked with? Like, who do he work with on Death Proof and stuff like that? And Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez, thank you. I know he, for example, wrote, and I know it's uh, that's not exactly what we're doing here, but he wrote the sound, the score for um, Till Bill. Robert Rodriguez did. He wrote all that stuff uh, mm. for Quentin Tarantino. Pulp Fiction, however, um, obviously is a soundtrack, and and all them songs on there are just so impressionable. For some reason, really? they just they really are. You know, and Quentin Tarantino, I think, is one of those guys that really had had an ear. You know, for what, like I was saying before, like, I hear this song. Yeah. Because Quentin, you know, was just a nerd and a half with all that stuff, with music and movies. And I think he's one of those few guys that can really put it together. You know, in a big yeah, blockbuster Yeah, he knows how to film. match up music with scenery very, very well. Yeah, he yeah. does. He I mean, really the whole does. dance scene with, with a Chuck Berry, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and watching how uncomfortable that is, too, kind of. It's not, it's, you know, if you watch that scene at, you know, at the restaurant, I've got the name of the place. Jackrabbit Slims. Jackrabbit Slims. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jackrabbit Slims twist contest. Um, that scene to me, that's what makes Quentin, you know, such a to me an original director. Because I, I mean, maybe you could have cut like two minutes off of that scene, mm-hmm. but they just kept going. He played the whole damn song basically out. Right. And for them, just and all the dance moves, you know, all that you know, mm-hmm. goofy shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. Uh, Uma Thurman looked right in her element for that. You, you was, gotta, you got Travolta in your movie. You better have him do a, a dance number, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and yeah. Of course, that's kind of what the, I think the idea yeah. was. But Travolta didn't look comfortable, though. He too. didn't. It, and it kind of, well, it kind of fits in with the scene because it's like they're not really comfortable with each. Well, he's not comfortable with her because he's afraid he's gonna get 
killed by Marcellus Wallace. He's get if wet. He's, yeah, if he's, well, he's too into her. He's trying to be. Yeah, he's trying to be cool. And yeah, it, and you hear all that before and within be the cool. movie. Like I'm just mm-hmm. gonna fucking laugh at her fucking jokes and have right. a good time and take her ass home and that's it. You mm-hmm. know. So he's trying just to play. You know, and even before that, like you know, hey, let's get a steak, baby. You know, yeah. that, you know all that goofy shit. He's trying to play it off cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and be then cool. now you're gonna dance. Mm-hmm. I want I want to win. We're going to mm-hmm. dance. You know, and then, of course, you see after that, they had a riot together, and now mm-hmm. they're having all this fun, and, <laughs> well, we know what happens after that. <laughs> Too much fun. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, even, like, the opening, you know, what you know what made Quentin Tarantino, I think, was, you know, the dialogue. We, we've talked about dialogue so much, and you have, like, a whole 10, 15-minute intro to a film where it's just them driving in a car, basically, mm-hmm. having a conversation about fucking hamburgers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? Uh, but that music that leads you into that, I think the use of "girl, you'll be a woman soon," dude, in that movie is probably one of the most genius setups ever. It just fits perfectly. It yeah. just works. And a reel to reel too. Work. I thought that yeah. was great how they used the reel to reel thing. Yeah, cool song too. I, I really like that song. Yeah, and how that kind of just collides and falls into itself. Also, uh, I think that's just a perfect movie. It's just a perfect movie. I, I think I don't really know too many people that don't like. I know there's people who go Quentin's bullshit, and yeah, I, I, they're I, bitter. Mentioned this earlier. He hasn't. Not everything <laughs> he's done is amazing to me, but Pulp Fiction really. I don't know too many people that didn't like leave Pulp Fiction. Good, like changed to a certain degree. Like I've never seen anything like that. Well, it was one of those movies that you know. Again, the soundtrack matched up perfectly with the film. Yeah, and Pulp Fiction is a whole like it defines an era yeah. in filmmaking mm-hmm. of the 90s and so many movies ever since then for the past 20 years have used elements of pulp fiction well, sequencing for one yeah. yeah 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 sequencing is one thing too that that was the bane of hours of conversation just on that idea alone like what the fuck why need just make it a linear story just tell the story in a linear fashion, like a regular yeah. movie. But he didn't, you know, and you yeah. had to think about it and and put the pieces together. And that's kind of the fun of it. Is, it is. Is assembling the movie in your own mind and, and drawing your own conclusions for a lot of things, too. It's, it's weird, too, because I've seen that movie so many times and I, and I know I'm familiar with the way the movie goes. But like when I think about it in my head, I think about it like literally. Yeah. Literally. Because literally. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. I just know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. It's 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 something you have to think about. I think it's just, yeah, it, it, I think you're right, Chris. It may be, you know, one of the, uh, to me, I think it is a perfect movie. I think it's a really cool topic in general for us because we all love music so yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice to kind of not just be talking about movies like we're actually looking at a little bit looking at it a little bit deeper how right. it all fits together yeah you music know? you know and yeah especially if you're a music fan um you know when you hear especially if you're watching a movie and you hear like nowadays you know we're getting older me and you are chris and there's, there's movies that i've seen where all of a sudden i hear a song you know right from from an era or whatever mm-hmm. you know whatever genre yeah, it may yeah, be you know, yeah, like, oh, yeah. fuck! Right, man. That's right. A, and right. I'm like, wow. So this person took this song and they juxta- juxtaposed it to whatever scene it is. And it's fun to try to like, well, wonder why they did that. 
oh, listen mm-hmm. to that lyric. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It fits. It makes sense. So, you know, it's cool. It, it, music has, some people think in certain circles, I, I've, I've seen this, that, you know, soundtracks are just as important sometimes in the movie itself. Yeah. You know, how it's done artistically. Well, yeah. And, you know, not every movie really uses music in that way or it's soundtracks. So it stands out when there is something like that yeah. where you notice why a certain song was picked, especially when it's a pr- familiar pop song or rock song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Chris, what about you? It, this is hard. I'm getting tired here. I, my memory's going again, I've got obviously. Like, I've got like three or four I'm going in between, but a few people mentioned this one. This was on my list, so I'm going to bring this up. Um, train spotting. Oh, cool. Yeah. Train yeah. spotting was another one that it just fit. Mm-hmm. The Iggy Pop songs in this movie, they just fit Perfect. perfectly with the scenes. The dynamic is there, but the thing is with this movie that the whole subject of heroin use it kind of those puzzle pieces fit together because we know iggy pop was a notoriously bad drug user and abuser how he got out the other end of that i I don't know but obviously we get some david bowie with this we get underworld Mm -hmm. joy division there's a lot of great music in this another defining film yeah this is another one of those ones that really defined the era it's kind of how i got into uh into blondie because all I ever knew was uh, Heart of Glass mm-hmm. and Call Me and the Atomics on that one. Mm-hmm. And I I never heard that. And I was like, well, what's this? Mm-hmm. And I found out I was Blondie. I was shocked. <laughs> it didn't sound like the stuff I had heard before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, train spotting. Um, <laughs> me and Alicia, we actually traveled to London in the 90s right before this movie came out. And literally everywhere you went underground just layered with train spotting posters everywhere really mm-hmm. everywhere you're walking through the city there were posters for this everywhere and you know you and mcgregor wasn't like a really big actor at right. this time and you're like looking at this poster like who's this skinny little dude all shriveled up on the poster yeah he was you really know skinny in that and movie. then came home we didn't have the internet then you know, or we did, but we didn't have a laptop with us to mm-hmm. look up what is this yeah, thing. Yeah. And then came home and the movie got like the main art treatment basically. Mm-hmm. The indie theaters. And saw train spotting. I was like, Holy shit. That's what all those posters yeah, were. Yeah, that's for. what the hype's about. But yeah. So this is another one of those. It just all fits together mm-hmm. perfectly. So I definitely wanted to mention that one. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mara? Come on, Mara. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take a little different route here and I want to mention Kenneth Anger because I don't think that we'd be able to have this conversation without him. Okay. Uh he's he's an experimental filmmaker. He started in the 40s. And I think it was in the 60s he started putting pop music with his films. Okay. So, um he's got uh, Scorpio Rising is the name of the is the name of it, and he uses a lot of different old rock and roll. I've heard of this movie before. Um, Never saw it though. Yeah, What's the movie again? Scorpio, Scorpio Rising. Rising. Yeah, I've heard of this too. Yeah, and it's a short, and it's it's non narrative, um, experimental, so it's weird. But he, it's Martin Scorsese. Kind of, uh, I've heard him credit him as one of his biggest influences. In that, mm-hmm. putting this ironic use of pop music okay. into a, a scene, and I was like, when I when we were 
uh, discussing doing this topic, I kind of thought, like, what's the first movie that kind of has a soundtrack like that? Yeah. And I couldn't really come up with, like, a specific one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the closest I came up with was The Graduate. Okay. Because that had pop music in it, and it's from this. Oh, there would be a way to find out what Easy Rider's probably another early Easy one, Rider's too. Easy Rider's shit. Yeah. yeah. It's another great but, flick. Oh, but, yeah. But I had to mention Kenneth Anger because he's he's he did Rabbit's Moon in the 50s, I believe, and he uses, like, I Only Have Eyes for You. Um a couple other ones I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Scorpio Rising, though, is the, is the big one. Okay. Um, yeah, I have to mention him because of that. All right. Was it my turn? Yeah. Scott L. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, I was thinking about, as you were talking about this, I, I was thinking of other, you know, I'm, I might just go off my script here. Uh, or maybe I'll stay on it. No, I'll just go off it. You know what? Make I, up I, your mind. Shut up. I know a lot of people <laughs> lump Casino and Goodfellas into the kind of the same movie a lot of times, which you shouldn't. They're two different films. Totally different, yeah. Um, they share actors. I know, whatever. Um, however, I always like the use, and I I don't want to go into too many details on this, but let's talk about Goodfellas. This was actually the next one that I was going to bring up. Oh, fuck. So we can go into detail on this one. If okay, let's... Well, yeah, yeah. My, my, thing, my thing with Goodfellas, I always liked... Because... The idea of like classic rock and stuff like that that was used a lot in Goodfellas, right? I thought that was kind of like I heard this question asked, you know, years ago, like to gangsters, like, you know, criminals, organized crime. Like, you know, a lot of times people think these guys are just sitting in front of a restaurant doing what, you know, drinking an Anazette or, or, or Zambuca, listening to Mario Lanza or something like that. But um, there, there was interviews I read with, you know, gangsters. And they said, "Oh, dude, no, we fucking love rock and roll. <laughs> we're rock and roll guys." And I, I don't know if that's what they were going for with Goodfellas, but I mean, Goodfellas that soundtrack, it's kind of laced with a lot of just rock and roll, like just good old rock and roll. You got that thing up in front of you right now, Chris? Yeah. So, um, Goodfellas really now there was is, some Mario Lanza. There was some. They had some of that in there too. There is a lot of good '50s, '60s, and '70s music in this movie. It's rock and roll. There's some Rolling Stones in this, but we get a lot of Tony Bennett, the Cleftones, Otis Mm -hmm. Williams and the Charms, the Moonglows, Giuseppe DiStefano, Mm -hmm. the Cadillacs. There's a lot of that. Cadillacs, brother. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really... Johnny Mathis. Mm. Yeah. The Chantels. Bobby Vinton. Mm -hmm. The Harp Tones. The Shangri-Las. Yeah. Al Jolson. This movie is just layered with awesome yeah. era Tons specific music. music yeah but the rock and roll is what stuck out for me and i guess it's just this impress this pressure impression i have from my exposure to this stuff well we I know like that. that scorsese is a huge rolling stones fan yeah oh yeah because he perpetuates this throughout all of his later mm-hmm. films and actually i got to see scorsese's record collection when we were in paris they had a box of his 45s out in the museum and they were were they his or they just they were his they belonged to him when he was a child he just turned he just donated them. he donated them to this museum and literally it was like this box like this big and it was just full of his 45s and then they had documents out with 
what they were. And most of it was the stones. Yeah. Man, you know? I'd die to have that. I would die to have that, too. That collection's got to be worth a... Well, the fact that it's just sitting there, well, and it's, it's got to be worth a fortune. Yeah, yeah. Wow, holy crap. But Scorsese is one of those. He really knows how to interject music into mm-hmm. a scene mm-hmm. and use it well, yeah, to and, drive it home. And the thing about Goodfellas, too, I mean, the rock and roll is what stuck out for me. I like that aspect of it. But it's one of those movies, too, where the soundtrack is kind of floating along in the movie, and it fits so well... You don't really, I mean, you notice it. It's part of the movie. It's part of the narrative. It's part of what's happening. Right. But it just, it's there. It's just, it's a, it's a perfectly working mechanical piece within the movie that I, I, I don't want to say it like this, but I the only way I can really, you don't notice it that much because I think it's just so natural to where it's, you know, where it's at in, in all them scenes that make up Goodfellas that you, you, I guess to me, I just feel like it just belongs there. It just was meant to be there, I guess. All that great music you mentioned, right? Um, I mean, and I guess I couldn't hear it any other way now because we've just watched that movie so many goddamn times. I have seen this movie at least 100 times, minimally 100 times. I know times. I've seen it. I've probably seen it more than that. Yeah. So I would just watch it over and over. I'd watch it for background noise. I'd watch it just for fun. There used to be a, they used to have a thing on satellite radio. You know, I don't know why they stopped. I don't, I don't listen to much satellite radio anymore. I think it's kind of a dying thing now, but um, they used to have a movie station on satellite radio that you could just listen to movies, which I thought was so damn cool. And we did that on a trip. We actually listened to Goodfellas when we were on a road trip on satellite radio, mm-hmm. and we were dying because you can, you know, if you've seen that movie so many times, as many times as we've seen it, you can see it all in your brain. You can see it all in your mm-hmm. mind's eye as you're hearing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. So. Yeah, that I guess Chris. Yeah, with Goodfellas, that that idea that I mean that that much depth, and that's a pretty epic film too. I mean, there's that's a lot of time you spend with a movie like that, and th- so it's a lot of music naturally too. Yes, great flick. So, I just kind of threw that one out there. I didn't even write that one down. But yeah, I'm but kind of that one it just it just flows perfectly. Yeah. So I've got a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather actually just mentioned one of them that I was going to mention. Oh, really, Heather. And the, and the, and the, we're terrible people. <laughs> Drive. God, I haven't seen that in forever. The soundtrack is great. It's mostly Cliff Martinez. There's a lot of really synthy stuff in this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really say it's a score, though. It's more of a soundtrack. I've got this one on vinyl, too. It's really, really good. And once again, the music, it's just like a puzzle piece. Yeah. The scenes just float with the music and everything just fits really, really well together. Have you, you've seen drive. No, haven't I you? haven't. <gasps> I've seen this in forever. Oh my I've, God. I've seen like nothing from the past 10 years. Yeah. You I, need I'm to trying see to get movie. caught up on like stuff that yeah. people can recommend to me that are good. Cliff Martinez does a lot <clears throat> of soundtrack stuff. Now he releases a lot of original music too. Mm-hmm. Great, great soundtrack. Cool. So, what else you got? Another one I was going to mention mm-hmm. is the 1996 soundtrack to Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, I love that movie. Garbage, Everclear, Desiree, Butthole Surfers, The Cardigans. I never saw it, but that, that cardigan, Radiohead. Just listing off those bands, it just makes perfect sense to me. It's a very 90s soundtrack. It's like alter- new rock alternative 90s. Yes, yeah. yes. It was like my high school experience is that... That soundtrack. 
Yeah, it's one and it's one of those soundtracks that there's like certain albums you listen to that kind of reconnect you to that time period mm-hmm. or kind of suck you back emotionally yeah. to where you were. This is one of those. Like I feel like I'm living in my little house in Detroit whenever I listen. You remember that? <laughs> oh, house. I remember the little house. Yeah, yeah, little teeny tiny cabin of a house. Mm-hmm. But this was another one of those soundtracks. Especially "Love Fool" by the Cardigans. Mm-hmm. I mean, that song was huge. Yeah, I love it. I remember loving that song yeah, back then. Yeah. So that was the other one I wanted to mention. All right, so y'all. You Mara. Okay. Uh, Lost Highway. One Dude. of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Yeah. Favorite movies of all time, too. But. Um, Tell us all about it. Tell Mara. us all about it, Mara. Well, I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, the, like, the biggest musical part that sticks with me is the use of Ramshine. There's two Ramshine songs in it. The self titled song sticks out because there's like the guy like gets killed and his head's like mm. through the glass. Yeah. coffee table and okay. it's and then Ramshine's just blasting mm-hmm. like it's like just like Ramshine doesn't like they have they don't care about like your comfort as far as like their music goes and their aesthetic they're very just like abrasive and then it's like oh it's just it's again it's, 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 and they're that way live too yeah. oh, of course you know, yeah it's, it's insane and so then it's like you have that like just like horribly like gruesome like violent you know imagery like juxtapose with that it's it's very effective yeah very effective and um and then of course there's like the instrumentals there that are i guess that's kind of the score but it's part of the soundtrack though like uh, on the actual cd mm-hmm. the angela badalamente stuff um nine inch nails the perfect drug was pushed out off of this yeah right? yeah trent reznor no sorry never mind i was gonna say something wrong Scratch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Perfect Scratch drug. that from the internet. <laughs> Erase it. No. Sorry, internet. Um, <laughs> Perfect Drug, that was like the big single from that that they had the video for, and it was, you know, uh, pushed out hard, and that was very exciting because I loved Nine Inch Nails back then. And mm. um, There's an awesome David Bowie song on there, too, that I'm deranged, which really fits into his, like, his 90s uh, Trenton Reznor yeah. part of his career, Marilyn Manson, Smashing Pumpkins. Another one of those like 90s, more hard rock. We really have leaned on that. Yeah. We've really been. Which isn't a bad thing at all. No, it's no. just kind of where our brains are, though. Maybe that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's where we're at. I don't know. I think that's okay, though. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to think of, like, other David Lynch movies, and I don't think he really has any other ones with, like... Well, I mean, Twin Peaks, then The Return. The, there was a bunch of musical guests at the end, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, his other films, and I don't... I can't remember... Really sticks out. I can't remember, like, a soundtrack like this one with these, you know, bands and musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who do pop music rock music mm-hmm. yeah that was that was another one that kind of like in the 90s i bought and kind of got me going on that that angle musically before scott takes us out with the last one okay i just want to mention one really quick yeah go ahead natural born killers Ooh, that was oh, one on, on my list that 
I was going to mention it. I don't want to yeah. watch it forever, but yeah. Oh, wow. The Leonard Cohen stuff in this just, oh, it just sets the mood mm-hmm. for the entire movie. L7. That's L7. My Patty band. Smith. Cowboy Junkies. Mm-hmm. Remember how big that song, yeah. oh. their cover of Sweet Jane, got Love off of that, that album? And Nine Inch Nails. And Trent Reznor produced that. Yes. That's what I was going to say about Lost Highway on accident. And then I was like, nope, that's wrong. It was not. It was Natural Born Killers. Well, and then <clears throat> they, you know, edited and did extended cuts of Something I Can Never Have throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And it all just, again, it's another one of those. <coughs> it just works so well. Mm-hmm. It with does. With the way this movie was edited, it works with Trent Reznor's musical style. And production style. And in the when you buy the like soundtrack itself, like I had that on CD, um, they intersplice all this like dialogue and stuff from the movie. So it's like a really interesting uh, type of um, experience to listen to the soundtrack. It's not just song. I used to smoke yeah. a lot of weed and listen to this soundtrack. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Because the, the soundtrack is just as trippy as the movie. Yeah. It is. It's a whole just experience in and of itself and it is weird watching natural born killers now mm-hmm. the movie it, i always thought this movie would be a classic and that it would hold up really well no. it doesn't no it doesn't it is very 90s yeah so all right scott oh brother we're out though yes there you go and that's totally different from anything we've talked about today. it is yeah. Um, yeah you know very very dusty very bluegrass very country oriented and that's why i love this soundtrack so much because i mean i love bluegrass and country, um, but the the soundtrack, you know, the way they produced it, um, it's as dusty and dingy sounding, and that's not that's not a bad thing at all. But it literally the soundtrack to me is how the film looks. I, I've often said when it comes to music and visuals, I've said this about stuff I've tried to do. I'm like, okay, so we got all this music. What does it look like? Yeah. What does that music look like? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think I think that was one of the focuses they had when they were working on the soundtrack for Oh Brother We're Out Thou um, was, you know, what's going to be dusty sounding? And all them songs are just, I can listen to that. A show. Man of Constant Sorrow. Yeah, that song, you know, and watching, trying to watch, you know, mm-hmm. it's so funny to watch, you know, and that's maybe one of the things they could have done better was watching George Clooney like in a little studio it's like you're not singing that, dude. You can't sing, bro. <laughs> um, but they, you know, there's some beautiful scenes with music at the end when they, the soggy bottom boys do "Man of Constant Sorrow," and they all have the fake beards and stuff on to disguise themselves, and they start dancing. Me and my roommate at the time would just get up and just start jumping up and down like little girls. We love. <laughs> we're like, oh, that's so fucking cool, man. Um, and the, but it's just a great soundtrack. Uh, all the songs are fantastic. It's fun to listen to. You know, it's a, it's another fun movie just to watch. Over, it's one I don't watch enough. What's funny is the first time I watched this movie, I didn't really get what it came from, and then the second, I'm like, oh, I'm like I know this story. I know this story. Oh, and I yeah. didn't realize that it was the Odyssey, was the Odyssey. until mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know the second viewing. Damn really. sirens loved us up, yeah, <laughs> and turned him into a horny toad. Yeah, that movie's the shit. John Turturro just fucking wrecks. Yeah. I mean, everybody in that movie is a great shit. movie. It's fantastic. Uh, and, the, yeah, the soundtrack, that's one of the ones I had to write down because it's a soundtrack that I, you know, 
I'm not a big, you know, myself personally, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not big into buying soundtracks. I'm getting more into it nowadays. But when I was younger, it had to be something that really stuck out, like Pulp Fiction. Snatch is another movie. I don't want to get too deep in that. Snatch is another great yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that one, same. Uh, you know, Guy Ritchie. You know, Snatch and um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. That had some really interesting um, music on it also, especially if you've seen Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, there's the scene with the card game, and I mean, I honestly know who the who the artist was, but the lyrics were literally "liar, liar," you know, "pants on fire," "your nose is growing like a telephone wire," as they're playing blackjack, trying to bullshit each other. Right, you know I mean? right. Uh, and it was just a great, you know, Guy Ritchie did a great job of kind of laying that song in there mm-hmm. and kind of narrating a scene out with a song. So, and that's those are other little ones I'm throwing out there, Guy Ritchie stuff. But you know, old brother, we're out though. The shit. Great. Okay, we're going way long here, dude. We got to stop. I'm tired. You tired? My memory's shot. Everything's done. I, I can talk all there. night. I want a taco and I want to go to sleep. I want a taco. I want a taco. So we bring me tacos. So we bring taco. That sounds good, though. It does kind of sound good. Let's go have tacos. All right, folks. We are out of here for the night. We will be back in a couple weeks because I'll be on vacation next week. Ha, ha, ha. Lucky. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I need it. My brain's about to break. Show about the break. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right. It. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in a couple weeks, and I think we're going to try to do an in-depth discussion on us, potentially. Ooh. So we will let you guys know what we're doing. I have Thanks homework again. to do then. Shit, going to go see us. Yep. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.